You're listening to a Chemical Conversations podcast. I'm Lauren Williamson, VP for Commercial Product for Argus Chemicals. And today we're diving into the chlorine markets. It's a good time to explore this commodity because Argus has just launched its chlorine analytics service, which includes a 10-year forecast for both global fundamentals and price data. It's also a good time for discussion because there's some key swing factors affecting the chlorine space, which ultimately require expertise to really understand. In today's discussion, we are featuring our core alkali experts at Argus, Stephanie Koenig in Europe, Bernard Law in Asia, and George Eisenhower in the Americas. Stephanie, the European core alkali industry has been in a downturn for some time. Are there any signs that a recovery is imminent? You're right. Uh, we've been in, the down, in a downturn for about 18 months. It's a significant one. It's a long one. We've seen chlorine demand contract by at least 20%. There are no signs that a recovery is imminent, but we are cautiously optimistic about next year. So for once, we believe that the demand has finally bottomed out and that from maybe some seasonal changes to chlorine demand, especially during winter, we won't see any any further erosion. Um, there are also very slightly encouraging signs coming from the economy side of things. So we see inflation being brought under control across the major European economies. The European Central Bank has just left interest rates stable. And even though we don't know if that's it or if further intervention is needed, it's certainly going into the right direction. So I believe we do need these signs that costs are under control, taking out credit will be a lot cheaper, and uh, customers and investors need that kind of confidence to start spending again. So while we believe that uh, recovery is not going to start early in 2024, we believe we could see the beginning, begin of it at one point next year. Thanks for that response, Stephanie. And maybe we could turn this to a longer term view now. If you could think about the next five to 10 years, what are the opportunities and challenges you see for chlorine in Europe during that time period? Okay, um, chlorine is a, is a difficult market. Unfortunately, I would say we probably see more challenges than opportunities. So we are a quite a mature industry here in Europe. There's no real new end use emerging that could drive or industry growth or help shape the industry in the future. Um, so we see quite a few challenges in stats and they all always come down to the same thing, which, which are costs. So Europe is a high cost uh, producing region and global comparison always has been. That's not going to go away. And we will see the additional cost burden that comes with the transition to net zero and the investment that will be required at each and every company to meet sustainability targets. So for us, that actually raises the question whether chlorine demand will fully recover from the current low or whether we will perhaps start to see some industry consolidation, um, whether perhaps some companies along the supply chain may not survive the current downturn or simply may not have the financial means to, to invest or remain competitive in their global market. 
we are slightly more positive um, when we look at the other side of the EC or the caustic soda side. We have the same cost issues. Again, they're not going to go away. If anything, they will be compounded by the um, transition to net zero. But at least we do have um, new demand in the battery materials. And looking at um, chloracula and chlorine and caustic soda together, it actually raises the question for us. Are we going to be okay in terms of caustic soda supply to meet demand and therefore in terms of chlorine output? Or are we going to face challenges? Is, is chlorine um, going to bring challenges for the other side of the ECU in terms of supplies? Bernard, the global economy is facing huge risks of recession. We're seeing a lot of concern around the Eurozone, a lot of challenges in China, and of course, the global economy is very interconnected. So with this darkened economic outlook, how do you see the chlorine and chlorinated derivative market in Asia performing during this time? Let's look at the, um, the chlorine and chlorinated uh, market in Asia. And uh, it is rather complex as you look at it. Asian Asia is such a big continent, and uh, we cannot uh, simply uh, you cannot just draw a, a, a write a simple sentence or summarize it. And um, I'm, I I like to look at these in a different way, uh, region by region. And uh, first and foremost, uh, I like. I would like to take a look at the uh, the the chlorine and the cotic cycle, yeah. And uh, generally, the 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 cycle, the demand growth uh, normally tracks um, the general uh, the GDP performance, yeah. And uh, however, the the chlorine demand growth appeared to be more sensitive to the GDP fluctuation. And what it means here is whenever there's a GDP changes like going to recessions or uh, undergoing a, a, a growth, a steady growth, you can really see the how the chlorine will react, will be more sensitive, will react uh, uh, to the growth, to the demand growth. Yeah. And uh, but on the caustic soda side, the demand growth is pretty much related to manufacturing. It's less sensitive and normally it reacts slower to the uh, the GDP fluctuation, yeah. Based on these uh, fundamental uh, uh, actually principles in in the in the chlorine and the caustic cycle, and let's look at the Northeast Asia first. Northeast Asia is is Asia largest supply base and as as well as the the largest consumption based, yeah. And uh, as a rule of thumb, and uh, one third of uh, chlorines will go into vinyl. And the rest of the two thirds will go into various downstream, and uh, such as MDI, TDI, propylene oxide, you know, organic inorganic chemicals in the media, and and so on. Yeah, and uh, in such a depressed market like what what we are seeing today, yeah, um, in fact the 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 impact on vinyl is more evident, is clearer that we can see. And uh, we can really see the, the PVC prices has been coming down for, for the last several months and uh, it, it fell pretty sharply actually. And uh, we expect the uh, the vinyl market to remain soft in the near term. And uh, whereas uh, the impact on other downstream, the non-vinyl downstream is, is severe, but it is not as bad as in vinyl. Yeah. 
and uh, we just got to look at the region outside China, yeah, and uh, which which made up of uh, region in Taiwan, um, Japan, and Korea, and uh, chlorine forms the 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 one of the major part of the uh, downstream. The vinyl, sorry, the vinyl form the major part of the downstream. And um, in fact, 30 to 40% of the chlorine uh, goes into the vinyl yeah, in the region itself. And uh, they export a very, uh, a very sizable, uh, up to 50%, in fact, of their PVCs, in, uh, of their vinyl, especially the PVC, uh, out of the country in, in order to balance the, the coal alkaline chain. Yeah. So, but um, in China itself, um, uh, this is pretty good. Uh, pretty, this is typical of of the uh, chlorine downstream. About one third, about thirty percent of it, slightly more than close to thirty percent of it actually go into vinyl. And uh, China has a huge chlorine consumption base, and uh, um, the the whole consumption domestic consumption itself can balance itself. And uh, it's only a very small percentage of maybe five to ten percent of the PVCs are being exported. That means they are bringing the chlorine out of the market in order to balance the coal alkaline chain. Yeah. And um, next region we would like to look at is uh, Southeast Asia. South Asia is uh, uh, pretty much fragmented, but uh, there are two main countries: the Thailand and Indonesia. These two countries actually have a very high percentage of chlorine going into the vinyl. Yeah. And um, and and they have a big domestic market. At, at the same time, they also ex export quite a bit of the caustic into the neighboring countries and going to India as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the rest of it, and uh, the rest of the chlorine, and will will is is go into a very simple derivatives like like as hydrochloric acid, and uh, it go the merchant chlorine go into water treatment, the sodium hypochlorite. These are the sim simpler version of the derivatives. Yeah. And uh, and and in Southeast Asia, you don't have uh, those MDI TDI kind of uh, uh, downstream industries. Yeah. Now, we're going to look at next is the Middle East. Middle East are pretty straightforward uh, chlorine market. Forty percent of the chlorine actually uh, goes into vinyl, and the rest of the chlorine is kind of really interesting because uh, it is a market with. A lot of uh, uh, oil and gas industry, uh, and uh, they produce a lot of chlorine. Actually, go into productions of uh, hydrochloric acid for uh, to to be used in the in in the oil drilling as well. And uh, some of the chlorine will go into calcium chloride and to use in the chlorine to use in the drilling uh, process as well. Yeah. So um, now look, the last region we want to look at is India. Um, India is rather, uh, they have a very fragmented uh, chlorine downstream. And the, uh, it's only 8% of the chlorine, close to 8% of the chlorine uh, goes into vinyl. And the rest of it are, are very fragmented. It go into the uh, chlorine, the paraffins, it go into intermediates, the chemical intermediates, you know, the water treatment, and they produce a lot of hydrochloric acid, some of them for export and so on. So um, when you look at it, that, that's because it's such a fragmented market for chlorine. The chlorine value, in fact, uh, in India itself, always falls into negative. Uh, it's always negative value, meaning that the uh, currently the, the the chlorine in um, in India is about negative uh, three, maybe three to five 
thousand rupees per ton X tanks. And um, it depending on, on customer size and depending on the consumptions and so on. It's still holding in the negative territory for a long time, yeah. So George, since September of this year, we've seen a lot of chlorine capacity idled on the US Gulf Coast. Can you tell us how that's affecting the market right now? So we've seen several plants on the US Gulf Coast idled, uh, mainly by Olin, uh, one in Freeport and one plant in uh, St. Gabriel. Uh, Argus estimates the capacity of those two plants is somewhere around about a million tons of capacity or roughly 8% of the US market. Um, part of this is attempting to reduce the overcapacity in the marketplace in the US. And so we've seen a significant decline in operating rates. Uh, so if you look at operating rates in October, there were maybe in the low 60s, uh, according to our, our estimates. Um, this is down maybe 20% from earlier in the year. So we've had a significant decline in chlorine demand in the domestic market. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the slowing economies globally. Um, and part of it also has to do with the fact that, you know, if you look at the U.S. Gulf Coast, or it's not just Gulf Coast, but the U.S. economy is slowing from a 5%, almost 5% growth rate in Q3 to maybe a 1% growth rate in Q4. So a significant decline in, in growth. And when that happens, chlorine demand has a typical, uh, typically does decline as well. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, the domestic U.S. market has been slowing. Uh, we've seen that uh, reduced capacity, reduced demand is uh, playing out in potentially lower pricing for chlorine. Uh, we've seen chlorine prices actually decline for most of this year. And with this assets or these assets being idled, potentially this is going to uh, support maybe a stabilization of chlorine pricing in the market. Um, we haven't really seen any significant movement in chlorine in the last month or so. But, um, you know, there is a potential that the prices will stabilize, if not maybe return and start to move higher as prices or as uh, demand recovers. All right. And of course, you know, the idling of capacity is often due to weak demand. Can you talk about which chlorine derivatives are currently holding up best, which are struggling? And when do you think demand might recover overall? So looking at the chlorine market, uh, the most uh, resilient chlorine demand in the marketplace right now is actually in the vinyls industry, which to a certain degree is a little bit surprising uh, because the domestic U.S. housing market has been so weak uh, the last couple of months and maybe in the entire year this year. Uh, a lot of that has to do with high interest rates for mortgage notes and people not buying houses as, as readily as they used to or did last year. Um, but the, the interesting thing about the PVC market is the U.S. Gulf Coast has an ethylene advantage, has an energy advantage, and is able to move that chlorine into PVC at a competitive rate on a global basis. Uh, so from that perspective, even though the domestic U.S. PVC market might be weak, we're actually able to be competitive on the export market, and that is actually supporting the PVC operating rates in the U.S. Uh, other, other industries are, are, again, struggling. Uh, several of them are. Uh, a lot of them has to do with the building industry. Uh, so again, you know, the high interest rates are reducing demand for housing. And a lot of times, you know, when you're dealing with housing, you're dealing with demand for um, TO2, uh, pigments for your paint, for example. Uh, a lot of the TO2 operators, plant or plants are running at uh, relatively low operating rates. We're, we're estimating somewhere in the neighborhood around, you know, mid, uh, mid 60% operating rate level. Uh, there are some other chlorine derivatives that may be weaker, but uh, you know they're they're a much smaller piece of the pie. Uh, so some of your 
products like MDI, TDI are also running at low rates. Uh, in the last couple of months, we've seen TDI or MDI operating rates in the uh, mid-50s. So, you know, the, these are, again, signs of weakness in the domestic U.S. economy uh, and weakness for demand for chlorine. Uh, as far as an outlook, as far as when chlorine demand might be recovering, um, you know, that's, that's kind of anybody's guess to a certain degree, because, uh, you know, we look at the economy and right now we're seeing a slowing economy. And as long as the economy is slowing, not only in the U.S., but globally, uh, that has a tendency to decline or reduce demand for chlorine. And really and truly, not until uh, the economies on a global basis start to recover from the slowdown period, will chlorine demand actually start to recover. That's all we have time for on this podcast. Thank you for listening. If you'd like more information, please visit www.argusmedia.com chemicals. Mm-hmm.